Next on BYU Sports Nation, we're in the midst of another expectation shift. What do you expect for BYU football in the final five games of the regular season? Hashtag Zach Wilson. And who do you believe is the best player right now for BYU football? Ooh, plus, BYU running back or linebacker or running back, Matt Hadley on the show, and college football insider Brett McMurphy. Jason, how real is the BYU-Virginia bowl game matchup? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, October 18th, wherever. And however you are connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the Sacramento Kings' number one critic, Jason Shepard. Yeah, uh, the NBA back in full swing. The Jazz, my team, uh, tipped off last night at Sacramento. Things got a little dicey early on. Uh, but luckily, uh, the Jazz won, 1-0. Here we go. <laughs> it was all the Kings' fault. 80, 82 games of uh, basically an upset stomach. How about that? Sounds fantastic. That's what, that's what sports is all about, right? So it's like living and dying with every pass, whether it's football, basketball, it doesn't matter. It's just, you know, it's, it's just the way it is. It comes with the territory. We live in a society now where the Major League Baseball playoffs, we're not even to the World Series for crying out loud. Yeah. We're in the League Championship Series. Major League Baseball playoffs overlap with the beginning of the NBA basketball season. Oh, and college football yeah. and pro football are both happening, and the NHL is in the regular see, season. See, that's why I know a lot of people will focus on March for obvious reasons as, as one of the best months of the year for sports. I, I think it's, it could be very easily October or November because of everything that you mentioned. Yes, it's because totally. Base, baseball playoffs, you've got the NBA back, NFL's in full swing, college football's at the midway point. I, I think I'll take that over March. Just keep your hot takes on the Sacramento Kings to a minimum, okay? Look, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Indulge in today's show lineup, won't you? Yes. BYU running back Matt Hadley will join us in about 15 minutes does he ever get confused as to which side of the ball he's playing on as the games move on? I don't know. In 40 minutes, stadium's Brett McMurphy joins us, and we'll talk about BYU versus Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia in a bowl game. Could that really happen, or is that just too good to pass up on Brett McMurphy's take? Especially the bowl game he has them going to. The Independence Come on. Bowl. Is that legit or is that just like an opportunity to make a fun joke? It's beautiful writing is what it is, as Jerem Jordan so pointed out yesterday. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Today marks West Coast Conference Media Day for men's basketball in Las Vegas. The ladies were up yesterday. The WCC preseason coaches poll and all-conference team set to be announced at 1.15 Eastern, 11.15 a.m. Mountain Time. I would imagine Jason Gonzaga will be picked to win the conference. You know what? I don't think you're stepping on that one. <laughs> also, the BYU basketball Cougar tip-off goes down tomorrow night, 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain at the Marriott Center if you're local, or you can stream it on the BYU TV apps and BYUtv.org. As you mentioned, the Women's Media Day for West Coast Conference action was yesterday. BYU Women's Basketball picked to finish third by the WCC coach. Chalet Salmon Center said, we won't be there yeah, for long. Yeah, I like that. I like that. 
Brenna Chase and Sarah Hampson were both selected to the All-WCC preseason team. Number one ranked BYU women's volleyball puts the undefeated record and top ranking on the line against Loyola Marymount tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern on BYU TV, the BYU TV app, and BYUtv.org. Loyola, not a bad team, 15-4 overall, 5-3 in West Coast Conference play. Yeah, I'm excited to see that one. BYU hasn't played them yet this year. They're the final West Coast Conference opponent the Cougars have yet to see. Yeah, and we'll be there. You'll be there, Kristen uh, Kozlowski, and then I'll be on the sidelines. Looking forward to it. Party! Party time. Women's soccer looking to bounce back after losing at Pepperdine this past weekend. They're on the road once again, taking on Pacific tonight, 10 p.m. Eastern time on BYU Radio. Cougars 3-1 in the WCC Pacific 0-5. I know how much you hated that trip to Malibu, Jason. <laughs> that was awesome. All right. they lost. And shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Roller coaster. Of football, Jason. Not of love. Of football. (laughs) BYU football, to be exact. What a season thus far. Ups and downs, loops, corkscrews, dips, rises. BYU now in the bye week. Four wins, three losses. Amazing moments against Wisconsin and the season opener at Arizona. A bounce back against Hawaii after a two-game losing streak. Zach Wilson's now the quarterback. Tanner Mangum is the backup. So with all of these moving parts in play and looking back on the turbulent first seven games, Jason, what are your updated expectations for the final five games of the 2018 BYU football regular season? My expectations actually haven't changed. Uh, I, I think if... Anything. So nine and three, they're going to finish nine and three. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> fine. I don't even need to say anything. Let's move on. What is your thoughts? No, I mean they they haven't changed. The only, what really has I don't even think it's changed. It's it's actually been solidified. The changes that have been made have made what I originally thought okay, it almost concrete for me. I still think BYU is going to beat Northern Illinois. BYU is going to beat New Mexico State. BYU is going to win at UMass. And they're going to get to their seven wins. That they're going to get a, a minimum of seven wins. With, the, with games at Boise State and obviously the University of Utah at the end of the year to be determined. Those are the games that are still up in the air. I don't think anything's happened to change that fact that with both games being on the road, it's still up in the air. We'll see what BYU can do with that. That's what I thought before the Hawaii game. Okay. That's still what okay. I think. Okay. BYU's going to get bowl eligible. That hasn't changed. BYU's going to have seven wins with the opportunity to get to nine, depending on what happens at Boise and at Utah. That hasn't changed. I think at a minimum now, because BYU beat Hawaii, the expectation minimum is six wins go to a bowl game. And to me, going into the season, that was, all right, let's go there. Because you're coming off a 4-9 and season, let's set the expectation market getting back to a bowl game. You went to 12 consecutive bowl games before last year's head-scratcher. Let's get back to that mark. But BYU has put themselves in a good position to win seven games, and I think that that would be a good season. I said yesterday if BYU can somehow find a way to win either at Boise State or at Utah and get to the eight-win mark, that would make for a great season. I don't even want to think about nine, but eight wins? If you said to anybody in their right mind going into the season, hey, you're going to win eight games, you're going to win at Arizona, you're going to win at Wisconsin, and you're going to win at, I don't know, Boise State, eight and four would you be happy with that? Uh, I think everybody would be happy with exactly, eight and four. exactly. Seven and five, good season. Even six and six, just get to a bowl game. That means good season in my mind. Success. BYU's going to a bowl game. That's not in question. And there are some people though that say, "Well, 
BYU losing to Utah State and Utah, both of the in-state foes, being the third-best team in the state, that's unacceptable. No, nothing can account for success if you can't beat either of the state teams. Look, please try and step out of the Utah bubble for just a moment and remember that if BYU beat Arizona and Wisconsin, two Power 5 wins on the road, and they string together seven, maybe eight wins... Even if it's not against Utah and Utah State, come on. You have to recognize that is still a good season, right? Me, it's, it's, I think I went into the season at six and a half wins. I'm right at that mark still, well, right there. There were so many new things going into this year. A three-game improvement at minimum? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty good. And then if you, can, uh, yes. if you can surpass that, then absolutely. By the way, BYU has a 70% chance of beating Northern Illinois, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, 70% chance of winning at UMass, and a 94% chance of beating New Mexico State. At Boise State, 17% at Utah, 11%. Look, this team's going to have a minimum of seven wins this year. Let's go. Minimum. Let's go. All right. Freshmen have accounted for 37 of the 49 points, or excuse me, freshmen accounted for 37 of the 49 points against Hawaii. Players okay. like Zach Wilson, Lopini Katoa, Gunnar Romney, Dallin Holker all played major roles in that victory. And quite frankly, they've played roles like that this entire season, which brings us to our stat of the day. Ooh. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. All right, listen to this. Freshmen have scored 51% of BYU's points this season 51 percent i have that as impressive that is pretty good freshmen have accounted for five rushing touchdowns four receiving touchdowns 36 points by the way from skylar southam okay it's 90 of 176 and three of four of zach wilson's touchdown passes have been to fellow freshmen that's insane so spencer with the freshmen making such a huge impact this year, okay. people getting excited about what they see, is it too early to get excited for next year, Spencer? Yes, it's too early to get excited about next year. Good gravy. We have five games left in the regular season. Hit the countdown. Zach no. Wilson has one start <laughs> under his belt. BYU still has Boise State and Utah on the schedule and a bowl game most likely. Yes, way too early to get excited about next season. Can we be excited about this season? Yes. Why must we always <laughs> skip ahead? Oh, wait till next year. We're halfway through this season and things are going pretty well right now. Yes, it's way too early to get excited about next year. There's way too much football to be played this year. And there's still a lot of growth from these these freshmen that can still happen. Enjoy the ride. I'm with you. I don't know. Let's break down the quarterback battle in fall <laughs> camp of 2019. <laughs> Joe Critchlow, Jaron Hall, Zach Wilson, Baylor Romney. Who you got, Jason? I'm telling you. Can we just be happy with what we're seeing now? Yes. We don't have to look ahead. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I feel really sorry for the person that came up with that question. <laughs> it's way too early. Oh of course it's too early. But, but when you look at it, okay, like I realize we're, we're having fun with this, but anytime you can get fresh, regardless of the sport, when you can have guys, you know, upperclassmen that you have on the field with freshmen that are getting their first opportunity and then have success, that is such a huge benefit to your program sure. to be able to build the youth while you still have guys 
that have been in the program for a while that can help you along the way. It, it, it speaks very highly that they're able to get this many freshman players in, and not only that, but to have them uh, be able to you know, prove that they belong on the field. Enjoy, That's a big enjoy deal. Enjoy it. Enjoy it right now. Enjoy, enjoy it right now. Maybe the best offensive player on BYU's football team is a freshman right now, Jason. I thought about this a long time over the past few days. Who is the best offensive player for BYU right now? If you're going recency bias, I'm sure you're going to have a lot of people say Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson! I mean, it, it would certainly make sense based off of, you know, how we all jump to, we get on the jump to conclusions, Matt. Well, based on uh, his limited time. Yes. Four touchdown passes, one running, and uh, only one interception. Look, <laughs> he, he, was, he was really impressive. And I am really excited to see what this team can do with Zach Wilson at the helm moving forward. Is he the best offensive player right now? For me right now, I'm going with Aleva Hifo. Okay. He has proven to be a threat receiving. He's proven to be a threat rushing. Oh, and throwing touchdown passes. He leads the team in receiving yards right now. He's fifth in rushing yards. And he's not thrown an incompletion all year long, Spencer. Now, granted, he's only thrown one pass, but it was a big one going for a touchdown at Wisconsin. We all remember it to Moroni Laulupututau. The other part about it is his effectiveness on the jet sweep has been a huge bright spot for this offense. I think when you take the entire offense as a whole right now from start to where we are now, Aleva Hifo, in my opinion, is the best offensive player we have seen thus far. I think he's the most well-rounded offensive player, and uh, vines are a thing of the past. Those six-second repeatable clips—they were—they were, they were beautiful, good. right? Aleva Hifo is the most vineable player for BYU because of his quick movements, and he makes people look silly. He's broken some ankles this year, figuratively speaking. He's thrown touchdown passes. He's been effective on the jet sweep. He's got the swag. He's the most vinable player. He's the most explosive player and the most well-rounded player, I think, on the BYU offense. But is he the best? I'm going to take a page from the coaching book and go with a coach. I think Jeff Grimes has been the most effective or best offensive player for BYU football. Going off the board a little bit. Yes! He's the guy that had to make the call to, on Tanner Mangum to start against Arizona, which worked out, and it worked against Wisconsin. He's the guy that had to make the tough decision to go with the quarterback switch and bring in Zach Wilson, earning BYU a decisive victory against Hawaii. He's the guy that implemented the jet sweep. He's the guy that instituted the trick plays that Aleva Hifo was throwing to Moroni Laulupututau at Wisconsin and the double pass from Aleva Hifo to Zach Wilson down to Matt Bushman. Jeff Grimes is the offensive MVP. I know he's not a player per se, but I think he is the best thing that the BYU offense has going for them right now. What does that say? I don't know. I don't know what it's. It tells me that there's no dominant offensive player on the field. Maybe Zach Wilson steps into that role. I think it's too early to call Zach Wilson the best player. We just don't have enough. There's, yeah, him. there's not enough. It's too small of a sample he's size. Played in one game and like four minutes of the fourth quarter against Utah State. So let, let's allow him to maybe earn the right of being the best offensive player. But right now, I think it's Jeff Grimes. All right, well, let's, actually, let's go to the other side of the football. The defensive side of the football has dealt with a lot of injuries already this season. Oh, you noticed? But, yeah, but that doesn't mean that guys haven't stood out for their play. Okay. So we asked who the best offensive player on the team is right now. 
I'll ask you, who's the best defensive player on BYU right this now? This is much easier than the offensive question. It's Kyrus Tonga, and I know that he doesn't get a ton of notoriety because he's lost in the middle of the line. That dude is a force. You saw what he did against Hawaii and yep. Cole McDonald on Saturday night. Made him look like a rag doll. When he gets to the quarterback, that's big problems for any opposing quarterback. Typically, he's a block eater. He needs to be double teamed. That is a huge benefit for BYU on the defensive line. When you have a guy that demands typically two blockers, uh, that can spring open some other things for guys like Sione Takitaki and uh, Adam Pulsifer, Butch Pau, those guys that come in and make plays. I wish I was saying Zane Anderson, but he's out for the year. So, yes, Kairos Tonga, I think, is the best defensive player on BYU's team right now, and I think he has the most obvious and brightest NFL future. Oh, there's, as there's well. no question. Yeah. He is going to be playing in the National Football League. Whenever he chooses to do so, he will be playing and earning a lot of money on somebody's defensive line. Hey, Kyrus, uh, I'd love for you to come back and be a part of the team with Zane Anderson next year. <laughs> oh, and, and maybe the year after that, if you want. Yeah, you know, he's you're a sophomore. You're welcome uh, at BYU as long as you would like to stay. I think he's outstanding. Yeah, he's fantastic. I can certainly understand why you would you would say that. Because I, I it's went, obvious. It's the right choice. That's why. Oh boy. Uh, okay. <laughs> I went as far away from the defensive line as you can get. <laughs> I went to the safety position. Okay. Okay. I went with Tyanga Woloku. His play at, at safety was missed while he was out with injury. And that's not that guys didn't play well stepping in for him. But no, have, no, no, no. You're right. Dian, but, Dian's but, a, he's but he, a game changer. Yes, he, he is a game changer. He, he, having him back was a big deal. It was obvious that he was back on the field in that game against Hawaii. He's always around big plays. He's already recovered three fumbles this season. He's a, he's a hard hitter. Like I mentioned, he's just around the ball all the time. He he's make, physical. He makes plays on defense. And so I, I, went, I went with him. A close second for me would be Sione because you went with Kyrus. A close second for me would be Sione Takitaki. The guy's played middle linebacker. He's played outside. And, and he's done a really good job wherever they've asked him to be, even you know seasons ago where he was playing on the defensive line. The guy just plays is a football player regardless of where you put him. Let's open it up to the rest of BYU Sports Nation with our question of the day. Who's the best player on the BYU football team right now? We just mentioned our offensive and defensive MVP nominees. Who's the best player on BYU's football team right now? This is Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Royal Coog agrees with Jason Shepard. Aleva Hifo. Smart man. He's quietly been making big plays game after game. I don't think he's been quiet all the time. In fact, some of his plays have been some of the loudest moments of the season. What's but I, I get what you're saying. Like he, it's, it's not like this clear-cut answer because he is so smooth in the way that he does things. Yeah, he got, Royal Coup likes Aleva Hifo. Yeah, I just, I just think that he's, he's been one of the guys, regardless of the situation, that has been producing game in and game out. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Coming up is a BYU versus Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall, a realistic bowl projection. We will ask Brett McMurphy in 25 minutes. Independence Bowl! And next, he's BYU's slash. Those are the words of his head coach, Kalani Satake. But does he ever forget which side of the ball he's playing on in any specific game? Matt Hadley will answer that next in Studio B. It's BYU Sports Nation. BYU 
BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Number one in undefeated BYU women's volleyball hosting LMU tonight at the Smith Fieldhouse. You can watch live on BYU TV and the apps 9 Eastern time. You going to the game, Jason? Uh, yes, I will uh, be on the broadcast with you and Kristen tonight. Yeah, I should probably show up, huh? That's probably a good idea. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jason Shepard. Listen to BYUSN On Demand by downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast or watch the show by going to BYUSN.com and experience BYU Sports Nation whenever, wherever, and however you want. While you're uh, doing those things, you should answer our question of the day. Who is the best player on the BYU football team right now? This is difficult to answer because they are a well-rounded team. Like there are a bunch of good players. Is one standing out as the best in your mind? That Twiggy or Stone answers. I love what Diane Gawoliku brings to the defense. He makes big plays, and those can make all the difference. On offense, I have been very pleased with Hefo. He regularly makes something from nothing. Hashtag BYUSN Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. There is uh, an argument for, at least after the Hawaii game, that our next guest could be right now the best player <laughs> on the team because he's played on both sides of the ball, people. Matt Hadley, BYU running back slash linebacker. He's just BYU slash. Welcome, man. Well, thanks. Thanks for having me. How many people in your circle, your family, uh, projected you to be the leading rusher before the game against Hawaii? Oh, good question. Um, none of them said anything to me. <laughs> I hope that they would have some some confidence in me to, you know, be able to do a little something out there. But yeah, no, none of them. Uh, none of them actually made any projections. They didn't want to jinx you. They all thought it. They knew it was coming. They just didn't want to jinx it by, you know, speaking it out loud. <laughs> that might be it. See, now look, you have switched positions more than any player I can remember. Have you ever gone into a game forgetting which position you were playing that day? Because you have gone from linebacker to running back, back to linebacker, back to ru- yeah. It get, does it get confusing? You've been you? a safety too. No man, you're yes, in a safety. Line too. up a linebacker. Yeah, no, you know uh, it. It doesn't actually get uh, get confusing before the game. At least I hope not. If it did, then. Um, yeah, we'd probably have some uh, bigger problems. Put you in concussion protocol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah they just yeah. they just keep me on the sideline. Uh-huh. No, but yeah, it's uh, it it can be tough, um, especially the week leading up to the to the you know to Saturday in practice. Um, that can be tough, but game day, no, you you don't forget. <laughs> Which position do you like playing the most? I mean, you've been a safety, you've been running back and a linebacker all uh, in the last calendar year. Uh, which which do you like the most? Oh, good question. Uh, I love, I've come to, so if you would ask me that coming into college, I would have told you running back. Absolutely. That's, uh, you know, that was, has kind of always been my passion. Um, I've learned to love playing defense over, you know, my time here. Um, and so that's a tough question for me to answer now. Um, I don't know. I love them both, you know, playing on the defensive side of the ball, being able to run the ball. They're both, uh, a lot of fun. So to the best of your knowledge, are you a running back permanently, or is the situation still fluid depending on need moving forward? Uh, good question. Um, you know, I, moving forward from now, I'm, I'm still with the running backs. Uh, you know, I hope that the, it doesn't, a situation doesn't arise, you know, due to injury. Obviously, don't want anything like that or, you know, where they're, they're going to need to move me back and forth again. But um you know, as as of right now, as far as I know, I'm 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 with the offense. 
Matt Hadley with us on BYU Sports Nation. Kalani Satake called you uh, the slash guy on this BYU football team, so <laughs> I hope you've embraced that. It seems like you have. You picked up your first career touchdown against Hawaii. Explain to us what that experience was like. Um, it's hard to explain. Uh, I, I mean, it was it was amazing. It was uh, my first time getting in the end zone since uh, 2011, my senior year of high school. So it's been a while, but um, yeah, I mean, it was an incredible experience uh, being able to be out there with you know obviously the guys you train with and work with and you know your family really, and then uh, in that kind of an atmosphere, right? Lavelle Edwards Stadium is an amazing place to play and. And uh, being able to experience it there made it, you know, just so much better. You break it outside and you see Green Acres in front of you. Yeah. What's that like? Uh, it's an adrenaline rush. Um, you know, it was kind of funny as I was, like, jogging back to the sideline, uh, a few of the coaches, like, came up to me and kind of gave me this look like, man, you actually looked fast right there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, it's like, yeah, I, well, it's – it, it kind of you just kind of get an adrenaline shot. It's I mean you see you see grass open up and and all you all your body can think of is get there get there get there get there. So anyway, yeah. You know it was interesting the Hawaii game from an offensive standpoint. It was obvious that the offense was better at at a lot of different areas. Why do you think the offensive performance was so much better this week against Hawaii or last week against Hawaii? Uh, personally, I think, um, just kind of, you know, going off what I, what I saw throughout the week, I felt like we as a team had kind of found, um, a little more hunger than we had in weeks past. And that's not to say that we took the teams, you know, University of Washington, Utah State, it's not, it's not to say we took them lightly. Obviously we didn't, um, you know, you can't do that. But I, I just kind of, I kind of sensed uh, a little more urgency, and I, and that was a big challenge from our our coaches throughout the week is to get that hunger back, get that sense of urgency back, and I felt like we we really showed that throughout the week. Matt Hadley with us on BYU Sports Nation ran for 91 yards in the win against Hawaii. What has been your impression of the true freshman Zach Wilson uh, after having played with him on the field in his first career start? The youngest player to ever start a quarterback for BYU. Oh, he is the youngest. Wow. Uh, I mean, Zach is uh, he's a natural leader, you know, for his age. Um, guys look up to him, which is obviously a great thing. And then his confidence, um, you know, I, I I was really impressed with his confidence out there. Um, it just he just looked like he was in his element. He really did, and uh, he just looked comfortable and smooth, and and that helps everyone else around him, right? I mean, you know, you see that, and everyone just you know kind of starts to build off of that and, and feel that a little bit. And I was impressed. I mean, Zach Zach's a great player. From from what you've seen, and you guys are obviously around uh, the, the quarterbacks, by all accounts, Tanner Mangum has handled himself brilliantly in this situation. What have you seen from him and how he's handled this situation? Yeah, and I think brilliantly is, uh, is a good way to put it. And I wouldn't expect anything else from, uh, from Tanner. Um, you know, Tanner and I have been close friends since, since we got here. And, uh, you know, just from a personal level, I wouldn't expect anything else. Um, you know, and he's handled this very, very well, as you said. Uh, and all of us have seen that. 
and uh you know it's it has a bigger impact on all of us than I think he even realizes um and that's that's on all sides of the ball you know the entire team I think even the coaches um you know that it has an impact on them great examples great examples like Tanner um can just you know they do they have that effect on people well let's not forget that uh the quarterback when BYU was ranked number 20 in the country after wins against Arizona and Wisconsin on the road was, was Tanner Mangum. And your offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, has to juggle all this and make some hard decisions. So I imagine that when you see Tanner support that decision and support Zach like that, it to me, and to, from what I could tell from the fan, fan base, it was like this calming sensation. Like, hey, everything's going gonna, is, is gonna to be okay. There's, there's no you know, vitriol. There's no anger. It's, it's going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean... Like I said, uh, you wouldn't expect anything else from Tanner. Um, he's not the type of person that would, you know, be upset. He's actually, you know, one of the guys that have always that's always helped me, um, always reminded me to control what you can control, and um, some things you just can't. And uh, you know, you got to learn to uh, overcome and adjust. And uh, you know, like we've said, he, he's done that amazingly. Congratulations on a fantastic performance against Hawaii. Thanks for joining us and uh, cutting into your busy schedule. I mean, we're, we're talking about a married man, a guy who plays like 17 positions. I got a baby due in nine ba- days. Yes, yes nine that's days. nine days. Nine days. Yes, I'm glad you brought baby that up because I was going to ask you about Boy that. Boy or a girl? Girl. You got a name? Or we don't. Not announcing that. No, 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 no. We, if, if we had it, I'd announce it. We're not quite sure. Uh, you know, there's like a few different names that we're still juggling around. We might just have to wait and see what she looks like. Okay, there we go. Well, if you score again against Northern Illinois, you should be like, hey, honey, that uh, that, that means I get the final say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would I, I could say that. Yeah, see how well that yeah, works. Yeah, I don't think that would. I don't think, I've been married for almost three years, and I think I figured out, I don't think that would pan out very well. <laughs> Matt, uh, we have a brand new flag in here as well. We would love for you to sign. Oh, yeah. Uh, you can sign anywhere you would like. Flag. Absolutely. Matt Hadley signing the flag, and thus uh, this will complete the BYU Sports Nation karma transfer as well. Like when a, when a person signs the flag, it's we don't need to verbalize it at that point. It just it happens. It, oh yes, absolutely, it it's, happens. Yes, it's just part of it. So thank you for the signature. You now have the BYU Sports Nation karma during the bye week and uh, to that. prepare for Northern Illinois. Man, love that karma. Yes, sir. Yeah. For a lot of things coming up, yes. babies, touchdowns, oh, yeah. games. Let's oh, go. Yeah. Let's do it. Matt, thanks so much. Exciting times. Coming up, is there a freshman revolution going on right now in college football? We will ask Stadium College Football Insider Brett McMurphy. Oh, Jason, as I mentioned, it's the bye week, and there's always a big conversation around the timing of the bye week. Is it a big deal or no deal that it happens after Hawaii? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU women's soccer taking on Pacific tonight in Northern California. Pre-game on BYU Radio begins at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. Kick is at 10 Eastern. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with today's BYUSN headline recap. In Las Vegas, West Coast Conference Men's Basketball Media Day happening right now. The preseason poll will be released in about a half an hour, maybe a little bit more than that. Lauren McLean and the Between the Lines crew are in Sin City right now, ready to get the goods on West Coast Conference basketball at the Orleans. You can follow them on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL. 
for details there. Also, the Cougar tip-off goes down tomorrow night, 9 Eastern, on the BYU TV app, BYUtv.org. Listen on BYU Radio. BYU women's basketball was picked to finish third in the 2019 West Coast Conference preseason poll yesterday. Also, Brenna Chase and Sarah Hampson were both selected to the All-WCC preseason team. Number one ranked BYU women's volleyball putting their undefeated and top-ranking mark on the line as they host Loyola Marymount at 9 Eastern, 7 Mountain. That game will air live on BYU TV. With myself, Kristen Kozlowski, and Jason Shepard on the sideline, Loyola 5-3 and three in WCC play, 15-4 and four overall. They're a pretty good team. It's a tough week for BYU. Without question. And as we mentioned just moments ago, women's soccer taking on Pacific tonight. Listen on BYU Radio 10 Eastern, pregame at 930 Eastern. Okay, my friend. It is time that we break down what we just heard from Matt Hadley. Okay, there are, there are a couple of things I want to address. One, his description of Zach Wilson's play and saying that he just, I felt like he was in his element. And they, it's one thing to watch it in practice and watch it mm-hmm. in fall camp and see that. But to get into a game scenario where there are meaningful snaps happening and to see the way he carried himself, which Matt Hadley brought up, it does a lot for the psyche of a team. Because you have to imagine some of the guys are like, oh, I, wonder, I wonder how he's going to play. I wonder what he's going to do. For them to see that transpire in, the, in that situation coming up two-game losing streak, absolutely it made a huge impact on the team. The moment was not too big for Zach Wilson. And you're absolutely right. Teammates noticed that. They feed off of that. I wasn't sure what to expect. Look, look, nobody was. I mean, we all thought we had a pretty good idea of what was possible. But until you actually see it happen, you still don't know. And so, like I said, the moment was not too big for him. There was nothing that came his way that he looked like uh, rattled him. Now, maybe inside he was, but but overall, through the course of the game, he handled just about everything that came his way. Adversity will come. Sure, there's no question. What happens to the young one when the adversity strikes in a big way? I am fascinated to watch this happen. Maybe it's against Northern Illinois. It's it very well could happen against Boise State. We'll see. All right, it's time that we play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Ben Bagley has now joined us once again with The Voice. Number one, Ben, what do you have for us? Big deal, no deal. The timing of the bye week coming off of a big win. (gasps) Jason, what do you have? Uh, I'm going to say big deal. Not just because you, you you need a little bit of a break through the course of a long season, but this team's got a lot of injuries. And this allows guys to get closer to 100%. You're probably never going to be 100% as you go through a college football season, but having the possibility of getting Squally back and having you know, Butch Powell be closer to 100% and Dion Gawoloku another week closer to being healthier, I, I think that's a big deal. Not to mention giving, giving your quarterback and your offense a, a, a week to be able to get more into the offense together as a group. I, I, think it's, I think it's a big deal. Now, typically, the cliche answer from most coaches and most players is, oh, the, the bye week happens. It's always a good It doesn't a matter what happened. It's, it's a good time. We, we need it. Um, there was an, a, a situation in 2013 when BYU beat Texas. Taysom ran for 259 yards. That crazy game. BYU had a bye, and then they played Utah. And Bronco Mendenhall said, I really wish we could have just played the next week. They had a bye. And so he said it was a negative thing because they wanted the momentum to continue early yeah. in the season. So it's not always a good time. In this case, I really right do now, think it came at a good I time. I 100% believe it was a good time because you need to get Squally Canada healthy. 
um, amidst other guys that are nursing some injuries. And why not give your new quarterback coming off a start where he has some tape two weeks to prepare for a pretty good defense in Northern Illinois? Number two, Ben. Last one, big deal, no deal. Preseason hoops, coaches polls. You take this one. What do you think? Big deal or no deal? This is no deal. Unless you're Gonzaga and you're picked to finish second and you can use it as like this huge motivating factor, which the Zags did last year when St. Mary's was picked number one. Well, that worked out well, didn't it? Uh, so, no, this this is no deal. Gonzaga's going to be number one. BYU's going to be number two. St. Mary's number three. And then who knows what happens uh, from four to ten today. But it's it's no deal, especially when we know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's no deal. Because if there's one thing coaches and players love is for other people to put limits on their success. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up. You've learned a few things, yes. Jason. Is college football becoming akin, nice word, to college hoops with a push to play freshmen? And was matching up BYU football against Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia just too hard to resist for Brett McMurphy? College Football Insider will join us next. And in the Independence Bowl, so well played. This is BYU Sports Nation. Big Deal, No Deal. Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Get your first look at the 2018-2019 BYU basketball team tomorrow night at the Cougar Tip-Off. It starts at 9 Eastern at the Marriott Center. You can watch on BYUtv.org and the apps with Spencer and Kristen or listen on BYU Radio with me and Mark Durant. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation, my friends, and we do so by welcoming in our second guest of the day, Stadium's college football insider, Brett McMurphy, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Brett, it's been a while. Great to have you back on the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me back. In your latest bowl projections, you have BYU facing Bronco Mendenhall and Virginia in the Independence Bowl, which I think is probably the most amazing projection I can remember (laughs) to date, Brett. Uh, Was it just too much to resist to put BYU and Virginia in the Independence Bowl of all games? Well, BYU is an independent, right? So yes. I figure they got to be in the independence ball. Um, <laughs> you know what? It's it's really – I do these each week, and it's like filling in a big jigsaw puzzle. And you start at the top and get in the big pieces, and then you kind of work your way down. The challenging aspect for me for putting BYU and Army into a bowl, specifically as independents, is they don't have any – neither school has tie-ins to any bowls. So basically – You've got to go, as you guys know, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but you've got to go to a bowl where the conference cannot fill that fill that spot. So I think the SEC is not going to be able to fill all their spots. I think the um, Big Ten could come up short. And so basically you've got to find teams to, to fill in those spots. And obviously um, the teams that you're that are trying to get these bids that BYU is, is going against, are mostly group of five schools because all of the power five leagues already have their bowl destinations. The only exception is the PAC 12 may actually have one or two more teams than they have bowl slots. So certainly from a bowl standpoint, from a TV standpoint, those teams obviously would be the most attractive, but certainly BYU is at the top of that list. So when I do this, I kind of say, okay, they're going to try to pit them a the other side of it's going to be a power five team. So certainly that bowl is going to prefer 
a BYU team over a nondescript group of five team because of BYU's national following, um, television audience, all those good things. So Virginia with the upset over Miami, now all of a sudden it looks like Virginia's got a possibility to get into a bowl game in the ACC that literally changes with every team every week. <laughs> but it looks like they could get the six wins. And again, the Independence Bowl – um, is towards the bottom in the pecking order for the ACC. So, would the ACC necessarily would they pick Virginia? Would Virginia be the only team left for the Independence Bowl? We'll have to find out. But certainly on the other side of that, the SEC is not going to have a team to play in that game because they're going to have so many teams pulled up in the college football playoff. So I was looking at the matchups and I was like, well, they they want the biggest profile team they could get to play a Power Five. At Team, hey, BYU makes perfect sense. With all that being said, I don't want to I don't want to rain on your parade, but the ACC and Virginia would have a say in this. Is say we get to November, we get to the first week of December, and if Virginia flat out told the ACC, look, we are not going to play BYU in a bowl game. There's absolutely no way. Certainly, they would relay that information to the bowl um, because. Remember, the bowls don't make the picks like they used to. The conference kind of determines who goes to the bowls, so that's kind of a change. So it would take some unique circumstances if Virginia flat out said, we are not going to play BYU for the conference and the bowl to go ahead and, and establish that matchup. So while it looks good on paper, I don't have any idea if Virginia or Bronco would want to play BYU. I'm guessing he would not, but I don't know if they would go as far as to come out and flat out tell the bowl and the conference, hey, we do not want to be paired against BYU. I know Texas and Texas A&M in the past have said that they do not want to meet in a bowl game. They've got new leadership at Texas now. Maybe that changes, but that's an example where a couple of schools flat out told the bowls, do not pair us together. Um, because, you know, that's not going to work. We're not going to play that game. I'm fascinated by all of this. I know, seriously. And Bronco has even said he's trying to push as many of the games against BYU as far down the road as possible. They have two lined up, 2021 and 2023. So so. that will be an interesting dynamic. I wanted to get your take, Brett, on BYU this season. They're 4-3 and during this bye week. They've had a huge win on the road at Wisconsin, but then they've lost to Cal and Utah State at home. How would you assess the Cougars at 4-3 and three right now? Well, I mean, you know, the win over – when they won at Wisconsin, I mean, I think that everybody – that caught everyone by surprise. I mean, they obviously the, the, the season that we win against Arizona was impressive, but now we've kind of seen, wow, Arizona is not really what we thought they were. Um, the close loss to Cal – um, was, is not a bad loss by any means, but opening up with three power fives and to win at Wisconsin was very, very impressive. Um, and I think a lot of people, including myself, thought the Washington game may have been a little bit more competitive and flat out it wasn't at all. And then I, I was surprised Utah State handled BYU as easily as they did. I think Utah State is one of the more underrated teams in the country. Um, I thought that would be a lot more competitive. But I certainly think BYU's in a good spot, you know, at four and three. Again, I, I know we've talked about this before, but you know, the challenge for BYU as an independent, if you're not twelve and zero, then in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter if you're eleven and one or you're six and six, as long as you get to those six wins. So, obviously, you want to have the better record 
the more attractive it is for recruiting and possibly getting the national rankings and all those things. But ultimately, at the end of the day, BYU is going to get the same bowl game if they're six and six or they're eleven and one. Um, so obviously, they want to win out. I think you know they've got a good. Sh- they should win. You know they're going to be favored in three of those games. Obviously, the biggest test, no surprise, at Boise, at Utah. Um, Boise looks off. They're they're not the Boise of old. I thought Boise would get the New Year's Six Group of Five slot. I don't think that's going to happen. I think BYU could go in and win at Boise. Um, I think Northern Illinois could be tricky. They've got they're probably not on like a lot of Cougars fans' radar. Very underrated team. Very very good defense. Very very bad offense. Uh, so this one could be ugly. And then, you know, obviously the, the, the finale against Utah, that, you know, who knows what will happen in that game. Great stuff with Brett McMurphy. Let's finish with this, Brett. BYU started their youngest quarterback in program history, Zach Wilson, 19 years, two months, and a few days. It turned out well against Hawaii. Granted, Hawaii has a bad defense, but still 49 points, the best offensive showing BYU's had. Uh, what kind of trend are you seeing in college football with starting freshman quarterbacks Right out of high school. So if he's a freshman quarterback at BYU, does that mean he's like 28? <laughs> he's actually 19. I mean, it's, it is oh different at BYU, yeah. My apologies. That's a joke, Cougar fan. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real trend. I mean, you look around the country, Trevor Lawrence at Clemson, JT Daniels at USC, Adrian Martinez at Nebraska, all starting as freshmen out of high school. Um, last year, you had freshman quarterbacks starting at Florida State, Texas. In Texas A&M, you go back to 2016, a guy named Jalen Hurts, a guy named Justin Herbert, they were starting freshman quarterbacks at Bama in Oregon. So I think part of this is because players now, the really, really elite ones, they're really going to only be at a school maybe for three years. So if you redshirt a guy that first year, you may only get two years out of him. So what coaches have learned are that, hey, if this kid can play, I need to play him right away because, one, I can't take a chance – Nowadays, with free agency, um, of the kid transferring. So if the kids gonna, if the kids can play, they're gonna play him right away. Where I think you know, a number of years ago, it was like, well, you're always gonna start the senior and let the other, the younger kid work their way up. But certainly, an impressive start. And yeah, you're right. Hawaii doesn't have any defense, but still, to put up 49 against anybody's that is, is a good omen and and I think is is promising for BYU the back half of uh, back half of the season. Brett, uh we obviously uh, love talking with you and we appreciate all the information you put out there. How can people get more involved with uh what you're doing with stadium and uh the writing that you're you're taking care of right now? Well obviously you can find everything on my Twitter account at Brett underscore McMurphy and then you can find me um online and on uh digital sports network. Uh, watchstadium.com where we do tons of college football and um, you know as you said I do my bowl projections every week so uh, I'm sure BYU will I'll have them <laughs> in a different spot every week so I'll keep you on your toes uh, we can't um, wait to see the but, latest jigsaw puzzle for sure yeah but certainly BYU looks good because don't worry there will be a lot of open spot, spots out of the power five conferences and obviously BYU with the relationship with ESPN ESPN will find them a home Brett, we appreciate it so much. I know you're a busy man, and, uh, again, great to talk with you. Okay, thank you. Brett McMurphy on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Probably should stay off the mentions for a little while. (laughs) (laughs) It was a joke. It was a joke, people. Don't don't go after Brett McMurphy. It was a joke. It was a joke. It was a joke, and it was funny. Come on. 
Coming up, where does BYU rank in the preseason hoops coaches polls? Uh, I don't know that we'll know that, but we will know that shortly after the show. We right? will tell you what we know. <laughs> Plus, the quest for perfection continues tonight on BYU TV with BYU women's volleyball details. Next is BYU Sports Nation. Shout out to today's guests, BYU running back slash linebacker Matt Hadley and Brett McMurphy, college football insider. If you miss any of the show, great stuff. Download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. I'm so glad you guys were able to get Dennis Pitt on the show this week. That's all I'm going to say. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Basketball. Today is the West Coast Conference Men's Hoops Media Day in Las Vegas. The preseason poll expected to be released in the next 15 minutes. Warren McLean and the Between the Lines crew, they are in Vegas. You can follow them on Twitter at BYU underscore BTL. BYU women's basketball picked to finish third in the 2019 WCC race. Brenna Chase, Sarah Hampson picked to the women's basketball WCC all preseason team. Volleyball. Number one ranked and undefeated BYU women's volleyball looking to stay unbeaten as they host LMU tonight, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Soccer. Looking to bounce back with the win on the road against Pacific tonight, 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain Pacific, 0-5 during conference play. I like the Cougars' chances. Tennis. Sean Hill advances to the single semifinal at the ITA Regional Championships. Congratulations. Today's rise and shout goes to... Mitchell Jurgens and his wife, Shayna, who became parents during the bye week. That was outstanding planning. Great planning. On Mitchell's part, the sideline reporter on the BYU radio <laughs> broadcast. Uh, Matt Hadley missed a bye week, apparently, right? Anyway, welcome Myra Jane Jurgens to the BYU family. That's awesome. Fantastic. Congratulations to the Jurgens family. Our question of the day, who is the best player on the BYU football team right now? At Big Red P on Twitter, Diane Gawalaku. Just look at the difference in BYU's defense with his return. It was noticeable. That's why I went with Diane Gawalaku. The elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort celebrating 50 years at Andrew G. Garrett. Sione Takitaki has been so dominant that even Selena Gomez wrote a song about him. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, I, I don't know. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Always use the hashtag BYUSN. For Jason Shepard, I am Spencer Linton. Shout out to John Tate. Go Cougs. And no more 28-year-old freshmen, okay? <laughs>